Welcome everyone to another episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast and like Limp Biscuit's famous song, we are ready to roll. We had an awesome weekend at Mexico. We were there spiritually, uh, but it was an awesome race all around. Great fun weekend. Ian, uh, my, as always, I'm your host, Marco, alongside my co-host, Ian. And Ian, uh, what do you think of this weekend? How are you feeling? How are your thoughts on kind of how everything is playing? Out? I think it says a lot when the social media reaction for this race was like, "Oh man, this was a stinker! Like this was boring. This wasn't that boring of a race. We've just had such a good season. We've been so spoiled that, uh, yeah. I mean, I I thoroughly enjoyed this. Like weekend where Red Bull were thought to be clear front runners, and that was kind of proven during practice sessions with Max and Checo going fastest in FP two and FP three respectively. Uh, you know, Mercedes caught some good win in their sales just because of an unfortunate runoff by Yuki Sonoda. So stopped the Red Bulls from improving their time late in Q3 and led to kind of an unexpected Mercedes front row lockout. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, after, after turn one, it was basically all said and done because Max pulling away, Valtteri getting clipped, uh, you know, order being Max Checo or sorry, Max Lewis Checo seemed pretty certain that Max would, uh, just run away with it. And he did. So it was, it was fun to have that Checo and, uh, and Lewis kind of battle toward the end there, but, but yeah, good defending in a track that is tough to overtake on, you know, it was just like a, just overall like good weekend, even, you know, even with, uh, you know, not, not a lot of passing there still was some good action just as far as strategy and all that. Yeah, and just, like, having the implications for how things settle out, I think, is just, like, as interesting as the race themselves. Like, if you're a fan and you thought that this was boring, like, where have you been the last couple of years? Like, this was oh, what yeah. we were used to flipped around with Lewis having, I don't know, 15-second victories like this. Like, I mean, it was just easy. And it wasn't the implications of, hey, like, if Lewis wins this, then how does this turn out to the one-two punch? Or how does this look down at the Drivers' Championship? It was like, hey, Lewis is winning, Mercedes is winning by a landslide onto the next race where we're probably going to see the exact same thing. Yeah, so like, I, I agree. Like, this, I think, had a ton of interesting talking points to go through. And, of course, we will be going through those. Uh, just to give a typical recap of what we're going to be covering, we're going to hit up our good, bad, and uglies, as we always do after a fun race weekend. Then we're going to hit up our race recap to go into a little bit more detail to go into a little bit of more detail of the race, and then to finish off with our race predictions recap. Going right into our good, bad, and ugly. Ian, do you want to start? I will. So my good, bad, and ugly, like you said, a lot of talking points this past weekend, but I am going to go with my good being Pierre Gasly. He gets another just sneaky good finish, right? Alpha Tauri now tied with Alpine, kind of coming out of nowhere uh, for that fifth place spot. Uh, and that, you know, that was even with his teammate get, catching a DNF. So, you know, in the midfield, not sure anybody has gotten the maximum out of their car more than Pierre Gasly. Just all Gasly, no brakes. I love that. Uh, <laughs> that is a, a good saying that he <laughs> probably definitely should uh, catchphrase. Uh, but yeah, I could not agree more. I mean, he's just been having a heck of a season. Yeah, trademark that bad boy. So my bad is going to be friendly fire. Uh, and by that, I mean teammates talking about teammates, 
or uh, drivers talking about their own team. So first off, Antonio Giovinazzi coming on the radio and sarcastically thanking his team for a great strategy when in reality they really screwed him over. Um, you know, Gio was up in like P6 after the first yellow flags that we saw in that first lap, but you know they brought him in relatively early and then let him just go all the way to the end on the same hard tires that they brought him in for. So 54 laps on those bad boys, on those hard tires. Um, and yeah, not a great look to come on the radio as the race is winding down and being like, Hey guys, thanks a lot. Great strategy. It was just like, okay, yikes, man. Like save that for, you know, save that for the closed door meetings. Another episode of friendly fire, uh, Christian Horner talking about Yuki Sonoda by saying they got quote Sonoda during qualifying. I think I'm definitely going to start using that verb if I can find a way to fit it into my lexicon. Uh, but yeah, seemed like, I don't know, what did you think about this? Because it seemed like a really big deal on social media, and I kept looking for what else he said. Horner was like, yeah, we got uh, we got Sonoda during qualifying, and kind of like seemed lighthearted, but it certainly wasn't taken that way by uh, by all of the Red Bull you know critics. Yeah, I don't know. Like, this is one of the few things that I'll probably not rip on Christian for. I, I didn't think it was that bad either. I think, yeah, like he kind of in his sarcastic humor that he always has had it was just like hey yeah unfortunate like we got screwed over by you know uh our own guy whoops but i mean which i mean what he said was true and it didn't seem like he had any malfeasance like malfeasance towards him or anything so yeah i i thought it wasn't as big of a deal i think for the giovanazzi thing he has been getting fucked over by his team and just like (laughs) unfortunate situations this entire year so like i more power to him i think like like for all he said which wasn't like too much i think it was like a slight dig i think it was all deserved uh i mean i feel for him i feel like he's just been like swimming uphill like uh, he's been a salmon but it's been like a monsoon coming after him and he's just (laughs) been fighting for dear life to have that that seat uh for next year and yeah he's just like there's someone in the alfa romeo garage that is doing everything he can to sabotage antonio because uh, yeah he poor guy uh just cannot catch a break yeah, it, it like so. As far as the Christian Horner thing, the social media it, it was quite a tide change because uh, like so Saturday qualifying happens, Sonoda goes off and screws up Red Bulls like last you know last push uh, for Q three. So all of the you know Horner says his thing about getting Sonoda, and he gets absolutely piled on, being like, "Wow, you know you're ripping apart your teammate for that." And then on Sunday, Valtteri, we'll talk about it later, but Valtteri like doesn't really shut the door on Max. Um, you know, at the start, and obviously Max is ahead right after turn one, and Lewis calls out Valtteri for not shutting the door on Max and calling out his teammate publicly. Uh, you know, he came on social media later to explain it away, but it was kind of like everybody piled on Horner, and then everybody piled on Lewis. So it was your classic F1 Twitter shitstorm that we're used to seeing at this point, but just added with a, a little extra flavor. But yeah, between Giovinazzi, Horner, and Lewis, um, it was just all like. Your friendly fire going back and forth and uh, not something you want to see when, especially like toward the end of the season, tensions are rising. You really got to keep your cool um, just to kind of make sure that you're getting the best out of every weekend and not letting the, uh, you know, the digs last. But uh, but who knows, you know, from our point of view, I kind of hope it keeps going because it just adds to the theater of the whole thing. That's so fun on and off the track. It's always, always the best. And then my ugly is going to be, uh, as we mentioned, Yuki Sonoda having a tough weekend. So aside from catching a lot of shit from his team, um, you know, 
Horner included. Mexican fans were about ready to strangle him. Like I'm sure he had to leave in a like a bulletproof vehicle just because he did screw up Checo and or Max like getting onto that front row. Uh, and then he just absolutely took flight when he and Mick Schumacher accidentally squeezed Esteban Ocon. Like that was a he got up there for a short guy. He got up there pretty high. Um, and so, you know, especially with how well he did in quali too, like an impressive P9 for his standards just kind of seemed to be like a, a weekend that like, yeah, you, you know, you get shit on qualifying, but you're starting P9, you know, you, you get an okay start and then all of a sudden you're out lap one. So yeah, man, just, uh, just a forgetful weekend for Yuki overall. Yep. That was uh, that was tough. Yeah. I think his tires popped due to how high it came down and like just the crunching <laughs> of that. So yeah, like, I mean, he just couldn't catch a break um yeah like from his team from the car uh just yeah unfortunate thing that he wants to, to forget about he did like the food though he said he was a big fan of the mexican food so at least he got something out of it because he seems like he almost cares about food more than he does racing so at least he got you know the one benefit of of coming all the way out to the west coast because outside of that his racing has uh, not been that great the last two weeks yeah i mean like two years from now Probably smart money at this point says he's going to be out of F1. And I bet you the thing he's going to miss the most is the food. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, just like endless, really top quality food. And he's just going to yeah. be like, I, I, I want to get back in racing. He's going to be like <laughs> yeah, three, 350 trying to do anything <laughs> he can to get in. All right. Well, it's some good, good, bad, and uglies. It is now my turn uh, with good. I'm going to go with good inheritances. So obviously, Ooh. it would not be right for us to talk about Christian Horner just once, but we got to throw him in again. Uh, obviously, we talked about him last episode with Toto Wolf calling him a protagonist in a pantomime. Uh, they came up and uh, asked Christian about that, uh, about those that quote. And he basically says, I have no issues with Toto. I think he has done a great job in a team that he inherited, he said, alluding to the fact that Wolf arrived at a team that had won a championship with predecessor Ross Braun. So, like, the digs between the two of them just keep coming. Um, I think that, you know, just him just being like, hey, like, that's really good that you, you're you winning with a team that had been winning before you came here. So good job just, like, keeping the status quo. Uh, I think kind of, uh, yeah, some more digs back and forth. Like, this is just, like, the status quo for them is just like I don't think they can have anything nice to say about each other without making fun of each other or just ripping on them so yeah I think good is inheritances it's always nice to have like a nice inheritance gift obviously Christian thinks so himself and yeah was uh seemed maybe a little jealous of Toto's situation but uh yeah it seems like he's in a, a good situation himself now it's a genuine talent by people who are British to be able to say something and like that's just like you know a little offhand, like not necessarily like well thought of, but to have it just dig, man. Like I like the the protagonist in a pantomime. That's a wonderful dig, and then just being like, oh yeah, you know he's doing great in a team that you know, basically like saying like basically that daddy gave it to him. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah, my bad is gonna be honestly how much I enjoy afternoon racing. I oh, cannot yeah. believe that I, we only have one more week left of it. It has been the absolute best pairing qualls with college football on saturday the main sunday race being the main focus point with a bunch of nfl games going around that nothing's better than fast cars football and cte all happening at the same time i mean (laughs) getting to sleep in from and and going out at night knowing hey like i i have to wake up in four hours like this is going to be the worst and getting to sleep in and enjoy it and like not having the, the anxiety of like making sure that you make it 
It has been a pleasure the last two weeks. We're going to get one more week of it, and I'm just going to miss it so, so dearly. Oh, yeah. It's going to suck having to get, yeah, like you said, like four and a half hours of sleep. You got to take your post-race nap, and then it just throws off your whole Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So we got one more left. Uh, let's make the most of it um, by sleeping in. Guess we're not going to get that uh, for the rest <laughs> of the season. Uh, and then my ugly is uh, you, you actually did skip out on uh, one other team pairing that uh, were kind of talking trash with each other. Nikita Mazepin, during I believe it was FP2 or 3, uh, had been making some claims to his pit crew saying that oh, yeah. he has a much faster speed or a much faster pace than his teammate Mick Schumacher. And uh, I'm going to say this ugly doesn't isn't between them two, but Nikita and F1 announcers. So as I mentioned, he made those comments to his pre picker that he had faster pace. Crofty and Simon took it upon themselves to really back Mick and nitpick Nikita here and there for about the next 10 minutes, just being like, hey, this is like not the right, like you shouldn't be saying this about your teammates. And then just kind of like digging at him about his performance that he's had this entire year. Like we've seen, like there was also Ferrari this, this weekend, along with all the other people that you said that were kind of being like, hey, I think Carlos says, hey, like I had faster pace than Leclerc. The pit crew tells Leclerc to pick it up and then move on. So yeah, I think like, We've seen this a couple of times this year where like something has happened with Nikita and yeah, the F1 announcers have just done nothing to back him up or kind of like give the side to Nikita. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm going to go with like, I thought we've had some great battles on the track. Nikita's biggest and probably only rival are the guys in the mic. Uh, we'll keep our ears to the ground on how this battle plays out for the rest of the season, but I am leaning towards the winning victors of our Crofty and Simon, because, yeah, I mean, Mazepin has just <laughs> not been able to do anything. So, yeah, uh, I think that's getting a little ugly. Uh, it, it, it just seems like it's it's pretty easy to tell that they are not fans of him, along with 99% of the rest of the fans. I mean, at what point is it just like, you know what, fuck this sport, and you try something else, Nikita. <laughs> because, like, you have no friends. You have no friends yeah. on the grid. You have no friends in your garage, no friends in the commentary box, and no friends on social media. So, yeah. Uh, might be time to hang him up, but as long as you want to keep paying for that Haas team, we'll, we'll keep repping America. Right, right, exactly. Well, all right, that does it for our good, bad, and ugly. Uh, moving right along to our race recap, but before we get to that, Ian, I think you have a, a wonderful ad for us, don't you? I do, yeah. So this part of the podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. With daylight savings time arriving in early November and the sunset coming faster than any of us are ready for, you might find yourself a little more upset, sad, or irritable. Loss of appetite, crippling anxiety, and unexpected anger can often come up in times when we're letting the tension of the moment impact us negatively. Our friends and teammates can sometimes be undeserving targets of our frustration, and Lord knows that if you don't keep your mentals in check, you might find yourself publicly yet sarcastically thanking those you work with, easily blaming a work teammate for something that might have been out of their control, or God forbid, once again calling someone that you're friendly with a quote, idiot. Luckily for you, BetterHelp counselors are here for your every mental health need. Schedule an initial qualifying session for personalized care by calling our toll-free number, logging on to our website, or by loudly, publicly, and unnecessarily scrutinizing the people closest to you. BetterHelp, helping you be less of a douchebag since 2013. Yeah, I think some people, definitely some listeners or some people that we talk about on this podcast should pick that phone up. We got them a great deal if you put in hashtag don't be a dick or... 
hashtag #enasphalt. Either one will give you thirty percent off. <laughs> For the code code hashtag Don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was something I worked out with them on the side. Um, nice. And then yeah, so moving right along to race recap. Before we get to that, we do have two very quick recent headlines. Bonus round. F1 is to have uh, the Chinese GP through 2025 just recently announced. Uh, it was not currently on the circuit this year. It won't, it's not currently on the circuit for next year either, but a potential if a, a track drops, uh, they could come in and, and take that. But their contract had been ending coming up, uh, I think, in 2022, and they wanted to extend that. But uh, no, nothing currently on schedule for them to show up, but uh, obviously the potential is there. And then uh, speaking of another track, there's going to be a major overhaul of the layout of Abu Dhabi of the Abu Dhabi track due to it's just been a very boring track to, to go on so there's been a handful of different course upgrades and changes that they've done uh, made it a little bit smaller a little quicker as well but uh, yeah hopefully we uh, we see that in full effect and um, yeah it, it leads to some more on track excellent driving so uh, outside of that there really hadn't been too much um, that was worth mentioning but uh, yeah moving right into our race recap Talking about practice and qualifying, uh, there had been penalties out the wazoo leading up to quals. Uh, So we had multiple drivers starting the back of the grid, including Stroll, Ocon, Norris, Yuki, and George. Uh, In completely, completely unrelated news, Nikita Mazepin had his best starting on the grid on Sunday. So uh, (laughs) great Clap it up. Clap it up for Nikita. Only uphill from here. Uh, (laughs) Had nothing to do with anything else going on it was just that on-track performance that we're used to seeing from the russian um outside of that lewis and kimmy had both ha- both had to go to the stewards due to running off a little bit too wide i know they were making some some um track and rule adjustments uh going into sunday due to that uh just about like where they can kind of pull off and and um at what time that they can so uh, nothing really like i think kimmy kind of got it slapped on the wrist a couple times this weekend so yeah i mean giving him a nice farewell tour uh so yeah i mean maybe back off a little bit stewards you assholes um i think as you said uh as you said red bull definitely looked like the the faster car throughout the weekend mercedes did show some pace as well Uh, i think fp1 valtteri was leading that with lewis i think in two it could be wrong on that um everyone was assuming it was going to be a red bull lockout uh, only had one in that turbo hybrid era in Mexico in 2018. Unfortunately, neither of them made the front row. Uh, but the battle for P3 looked pretty good for Ferrari leading up in the race. They had much, much better pace all weekend than McLaren. And, yeah, it just seemed like that both Danny and, and especially Lando, I know he was having uh, to start at the back of the grid. But uh, just, yeah, that pace really the entire race, the entire weekend, just you you could tell that they were kind of struggling. And so uh, we'll see how, how that pans out. We're going to talk about that a lot more coming up. And then uh, the last thing we have for practice and qualifying, after Valtteri's poll this weekend, he's now tied for Lewis with three pulls each this year. So uh, th- I think that that shocked me for especially the, the points difference between the two. And, yeah, um, I, yeah I think this is uh, – yeah. Th- I don't know. I, I didn't know what to say. think about this other than, like, I think Valtteri just got such a bad rep uh, over the last couple of years. But um, I, I don't know. Like, I, like we're going to see, like, how well he does 
I think he's been a consistently strong number two driver. So, like, hopefully that George can step up and, and probably do better than he had been. But, um, yeah, I mean, if there's some growing pains, I think people are going to be looking back and be like, you know, Valtteri wasn't as bad as we made him out to be. Yeah, no, I agree. This, I mean, that, like, three poles each between Lewis and Valtteri was one of the more shocking stats that I've seen recently. But, like, it wasn't the only one. So did you do you know that this race was Merck's only front row lockout this season so far? And that like, is a big surprise. Yeah, wow. Right, and like aside from that, this was I, I was th- I saw something else that said that um, the only team to have a one-two finish was McLaren this year. So like it's I mean the grid is getting closer. It's it's exciting, but but yeah, just a couple things I saw. That I was like, oh shit, yeah. really? Like after all these races, like you would have thought that that wouldn't be like you know something that didn't happen or happened for the first right, time. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Cool stuff. Um, perfect. So going from practice and qualifying on to uh, the teams, let's start as we usually do, starting from the back. But this time we have a bonus team to talk about since Alpha Tauri and Alpine are both in the tie. Are both in a tie for P5. That's our bonus. That's our bonus yeah. sound. That's... Uh, <laughs> um, Alpha Tauri, Yuki Sonoda uh, with an unfortunate DNF after qualifying P9, and Pierre Gasly with a P4, almost getting onto that podium, but uh, but having a pretty healthy gap between uh, between himself and Checo. So yeah, I mean Pierre was on a race of his own, way behind uh, way behind Checo and and Lewis, but uh, solid amount ahead of the Ferrari. So yeah, I mean there's a good argument to be made here that the Alpha Tauri was like the third fastest car on track this weekend just because of the setup that they brought. Um, and yeah, this is definitely something that we should keep an eye on because I don't think it's going to stop really. It seems like they're just finding their form and really if Yuki hadn't been being Yuki, if he hadn't been Yuki-ing the whole time, if he hadn't been Sonoda-ing the whole time, then they probably wouldn't be tied at this point. It would probably be a pretty healthy gap between Alpha Tauri uh, and Alpine right now, but they are tied. Uh, Yuki obviously not being so lucky getting Oconned as uh, was, was, was coined by Marco. Uh, and yeah, you know, it was, like I said, great race for Pierre, another standout performance for him, uh, not so good race for Yuki. So his, we'll see if the tide changes here, but it seems like this is how the season's going to ride out. Yeah. I don't, I don't see much changes on, on outcomes here. Uh, one high (laughs) in the points, mid to high in the points and one not in at all. Uh, moving along to the other tide for fifth Alpine with Fernando Alonso getting two points in ninth place, as well as Esteban Ocon getting a fat zero at unlucky 13. Uh, there's not much to say that I really noticed from Alpine. I would say there, for most of the race, there was a really fun group of Alonso, Kimi, Vettel, and Lando kind of in that like 8 to 12 area uh, for a good portion of the race. So that was just yeah. fun, like exciting names kind of tossing around and they were kind of competing with each other as well so uh that was like really the biggest thing that i picked from that Ocon once again is just not a factor like he had a very forgetful drive as i personally feel like most of his drives are uh the most exciting part of the races when he got squeezed by two cars which which he sent flying in the air uh which was between mick and yuki so yeah that was that's pretty much it uh i would as as we can as we continue to say, I'd be worried as an Alpine, as an Alpine fan. But uh, thank God I'm not. <laughs> yeah, thank God we're not Alpine fans. Is correct. Uh, moving on from the two that are tied to, in fifth 
to our fourth place team. We have a new fourth place team bumping down from third, and that's McLaren, unfortunately. Danny Ricardo getting P12. Lando Norris barely inside of the points with a P10, so one point getting brought home for McLaren this weekend. Like Both cars didn't really seem to have much pace at all. Danny obviously causing that uh, first lap spin for Bottas. Um, you know, they were kind of in the back of the pack and not really making any passes after that first spin, and they both had to pit because I think Danny's front wing was damaged, and Botas, uh, what did, did he have a puncture or something? Uh, it was it was some some cause to uh, to pit, uh, and yeah, I mean, surely he didn't mean to, but Danny was just you know you could say that Danny was being a really great ex teammate for Red Bull by not only spinning the Mercedes, who they're currently in the constructors battle with, but also just keeping him behind because it seemed like. What were they in, like, 13 or 12 or 12 and 11 where um, Valtteri was just behind Danny and just really couldn't seem to get around him? So outside of that, Lando and Carlos, Carlando interviewing post-race together. They were asked who will come out P3. Carlos tried to say it'll be close, but Lando didn't really seem as confident. I think Carlos was bumping him a little bit, being like, oh, we got some some high-speed corners for the McLaren. Like, you guys might do well. And Lando was like, yeah, I, uh, I don't really feel... I don't really feel too confident about that. And, and I mean, like, if you would have asked me, like, a, let's see, a couple, like, five or ten races into the season, I would have said the exact opposite because Laren, McLaren looked like they were really killing it. And, um, you know, I'm not sure if it's, like, a drop-off in performance for McLaren or if it's just Ferrari um, coming with better and better packages every weekend and an upgraded power unit. But, yeah, unfortunate for McLaren, for us, uh, for the Papaya Army, but... Uh, yeah, with what do we got? Five races left. Five races or four races left? But yeah, with four races left, obviously anything can happen. It's just going to be a matter of who brings the best package and who can stay out of trouble on the track. And moving into our P2 constructor, Red Bull. Max Verstappen coming home with the race win in Mexico, and Sergio Perez, the first Mexican to get onto the podium in P3. So Max. Uh, you know, like I said, after the first lap, it seemed like it was just basically Max's race to lose, and um, it was really, you know, Lewis battling versus Checo, then uh, Lewis battling versus Max. But, you know, as uh, as people said, Max could have, you know, walked or jogged the last lap and still won. It was basically just in a race of his own. That car looked just unstoppable, and there was not one time in the race where you could say Lewis really had a chance against Max, except for that first, you know, even that first stretch, not even the first lap. So... Um, as we said, congrats to Sergio Perez, first Mexican to ever lead a lap in his home Grand Prix uh, in Mexico and to finish on the podium. As good of a weekend as Red Bull had, uh, Sergio Perez's dad was the main story here, I think. Like, post-race, I mean, it was just like a guy, I don't, I think he had probably the best day out of everybody, the Red Bull fans and Red Bull team included. Yeah, um, I, I got like very, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, I got very Diego Maradona vibes from him, <laughs> kind of like in the okay. crowd, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> if you know what, if you're picking up what I'm saying here, um, but yeah, I mean, he was definitely enjoying I himself. I hope I'm not. No, I think, like, I think he was enjoying himself, yeah, like, I mean, he was electric, like, he had more energy than I, I do most days. Uh, obviously yeah. his son, you know, did incredible in his home GP, so like that might be doing it. But like a man your size and your age, I feel like there might be, you know, some additional factors there. Okay, we'll leave it at that and move on to P1 Mercedes. <laughs> Moving right along to Mercedes. This is a kid's show. Yeah, no, obviously, since we've been so G this entire time. Lewis <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hamilton, P2, Valtteri Bottas, P15. They are a mere one-point lead on Red Bull. 
Seems like a lot of the momentum is on Red Bull as well. They just seem, obviously, this past weekend, like, had much, much better pace than them. With Qualls, they looked like they were going to have a battle, and one where they had the upper hand with the lockout in the front row. That all changed the first turn. I know we talked about, uh, you know, some issues about Valtteri not boxing out Max. There was some talk that Valtteri was hitting the brakes a little bit early to let Lewis on the inside track get ahead, and, you know, that was kind of the decision on how he took about, like, letting Lewis go first. Obviously did not work out, uh, but yeah, I mean, this entire weekend was pretty much a train wreck for them. Lewis was being outperformed by Perez for the second half of the of the race, which was not something I don't think I've ever said, uh, especially this year. So, like, if there was a couple more laps, you know, it's going to be a one-two for for Red Bull. Lewis was pretty lucky and fortunate to get out there with the P2. Valtteri can never recover from the crash on P1. Uh, as we keep saying, he was stuck behind Danny the most of that drive. And then, of course, just to, to make matters worse, has a terrible pit stop. Uh, I like to say that's assing on the cake. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> Got him. Yep. Lots ass. Yep. Uh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I mean, that was pretty much it. Like, I, I think there's a lot of worries for Mercedes. Uh, I mean, Lewis said his his worries about it. You know, if this is the, the pace that Red Bull is going to have, you know, we're going to have some serious problems uh, throughout the entire race. He could not keep a he, he throughout the entire race. He would not stop alluding to it. Just being like, hey, man, they have fat. They're much faster than me. Like, there's nothing I can do. So. Uh, if, if that's the case, then, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to have uh, a distant Mercedes after the end of these four races if, if something doesn't change. Yeah, totally agree. Did you catch when Valtteri was pitted to try and steal that fastest lap point away from Max? Wouldn't have counted for him, but it would have, you know, docked Max and Red Bull one point, which in retrospect, you know, they would have been tied after, right, if, if he hadn't done that. Um, it was a pretty, I mean... Call Max what you want, but that was a masterclass of like just fucking up his fastest lap. Like they, you know, they pitted Botas. Um, he was slowing down just to not really give Valtteri clean air and like a good shot at it. He was using blue flags. He was also just slowing down uh, when he was ahead of him. And so yeah, they Mercedes ended up having to pit Valtteri again, making Valtteri the only driver in the Mexican Grand Prix to have four stops in his race. So lap one to go on to hards, lap 33 to go on to mediums. Lap 66 to go on to softs, and then one more time, lap 69 to go on his freshest pair of softs. Um, you know, seems silly, but obviously, like we said, like the way the championship is going, these minimal, like one point differences, like are going to make a difference. So I think he was in, you know, P12 or P13, didn't really matter. And they were just like, hey, you know, go, go steal this one point away from him. And, you know, even if it's like some kind of mental thing where it's like, hey, we're, you know, we are still one point ahead of Red Bull. Like we're not, we're not tied. We're not losing to Red Bull. We still have a shot. I think that that was like a, a pretty crucial part of that race. Good stuff. Uh, I mean, just talking about each one of these teams, man, there's so much at stake. Like, as the end of the season gets closer, it just makes it so much more exciting. Um, thank God we don't have to wait long to race in Interlagos down in Brazil. So, um, before we do, uh, you know, before we get on to that and the preview for the race in Brazil, we want to recap our race predictions from the past Grand Prix in Mexico. Um, so let's go ahead and do that. But before we do that, Marco, would you like to tip our hat to one of our sponsors? Yes. This podcast is brought to you by Dia de los Muertos. Dia lo- Ooh. Yeah, I know. I mean, Dia de los Muertos is a day celebrated on November 1st. This holiday is to celebrate the ones that have died in your life. I have been a huge Dia de los Muertos fan my entire life. 
haven't gone a, a year without celebrating this amazing day. Honestly, like I just okay. I love this shit. Uh, sometimes I will celebrate even early because that's how much of a sucker I am for this holiday. For instance, so this year, around August, I woke up and I was like, I can't wait another two months for the day of the motherfucking muertos. So I celebrated the Day of the Dead, my typical way, topping off a cool 24-pack of PBRs, two-pack of Marlboros, and I was specifically celebrating the life of Sir Sergio Perez as he seemed like a dead man walking. He had lived a great life, but his F1 life was all but over with how he had been performing in such a top-notch car. But long behold, this Mexican drop-kicked that door off that coffin and said, Viva la Mexico, Viva la, not Jesus, Viva la Mexico, but more importantly, Viva Sergio. This man now is more alive than ever by putting Red Bull in a prime spot to win this Constructors Championship. So say, so say it with me, people. We love Dia de los Muertos, but Sergio no es muerto. Sorry for all the listeners who do not speak Spanish. We'll have a dubbed over section coming out soon that has all that whole added English as well. So yeah, that does it for our sponsor. Um, be on the lookout for that every November 1st. Uh, if you want to celebrate early with me, just reach out to me. Let's yeah, let's pop open some PBRs. Let's get cracking. Um, so, yeah, thank you to our sponsors there. And moving on. I didn't to know, our- just really quick, I didn't know that you um, that you celebrated Dio de los Muertos by topping off a 24-pack and two packs of Marlboro Lights. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, my uncle was a sick, sick man and uh, taught me at a young age how to celebrate. Uh, so, uh, I mean, it's just something <laughs> it's that just I just taught you can't. at a young age that you got to smoke two packs of Marley's. Yeah, dude, I fucking, I can't help it now. It's just like, it's just in the veins now. So, nothing I can do now, just uh, to spread that good cheer. So, Brendan, those did it. So, um, yep, yeah, let's uh, top off our last sector. Uh, with our race predictions recap, to, uh, to fill everyone in, last week we had a tie for 20 to 20 between me and Ian. Moving right along into it, who do we think will crash our DNF on the Mexico City Grand Prix? I went with Danny Ricardo. I went with Valtteri Bottas. Both actually had a very, very good chance in that first turn to both be in a DNF position. And I did not, I, there was a couple laps actually that I was like, maybe they have some car issues, either one of them due to this. We'll see what happens. Unfortunately for us, both of them made it out, and uh, we're kind of a kind of a dud. They should have DNF'd. Might as well, like, yeah. With their performance, that's disrespectful to us that yeah. they did it. Give us the points. But, you guys didn't get any right. points. You caused us not to get any. Just give us something. Yeah, jerks. Maybe that both of them are douches this other day. Maybe. Yeah, they're but, douches um, for us. <laughs> winner of the race, I went with Max Verstappen. Chalk a point for me. Nice, good call. I went with Sergio. Last place, we went both with Nikita Mazepin, and obviously, we got some winners. We are we are winners. <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong with that, honestly. Other than a DNF, that's like it's it's a seventy thirty shot of either last place or DNF. We we capped our Mazepin's guesses for last place, um, and I have four left. For the rest of the four races of the season, but I'm worried to use him for every race because he's got to be. I mean, he's due for a DNF, right? Like he's. <laughs> I'm he's very excited that I get to use. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited that I only have three left because I'm like, I mean, I guess I got to use him for a DNF. 
Um, all right, most overtakes. Uh, I put Danny Ricardo down, and I went with George. Uh, George actually did not too, do too bad. I think he got seven. Ocon was the winner with eight, uh, and I believe George got almost all seven of those in the first lap. So uh, I was really excited about that, and um, unfortunate. But our driver of the day, I went with Max Verstappen. I went with Lando. And it was obviously Sergio. That was kind of a, a fault on both of us. For, I, I know you gave me the option to pick uh, to pick Sergio Orlando, and I knew specifically to avoid giving you Perez just because his home GP. So, uh, yeah, fortunate that um, I foresaw that and uh, nixed it a little bit. Moving on to Douche of the Day, our sponsored race prediction by Summer's Eve. That was so gross. On my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I don't know what you did different that time, but that was so disgusting. That was real. Uh, um, I went with Valtteri Bottas. And I went with Esteban Ocon. So what do we think here? Because I think you can make a case for Douche of the Day. I would say I would probably give it to Danny just because, like, Ocon seemed like he was a little more squeezed. It was kind of out of his control a little bit. Did kick off Yuki, not only like there, but like ruined his race. So that is pretty douchey. I would say like Danny really didn't have much of an excuse of, of him hitting Valtteri. Uh, it wasn't like he had like, hey, there was no, I couldn't do anything. Like I, I had to do this. So um, if I had to pick the douchiest of the day, I would go with Ricardo. I think like, Right behind him, though, just right behind his tail, is that fucking ferret Esteban Ocon. <laughs> fucking ferret. Yeah, I would, I would agree. So, um, no points. No points. And then we uh, have fastest pit uh, stop. You go ahead. No, okay. go ahead. Uh, and then we have our fastest fit. And now we have our fastest pit stop minus the old Red Bull. I went with Aston Martin. I went for Ferrari trying to ride the hot hand, but it was actually Williams coming out of the woodwork. It's like a 2.17, dude. They fucking mashed it. Oh, my God. Actually, that's crazy. Good stuff. Uh, And then wild card prediction. Um, I thought – I put down my answer first here, and I thought that exactly two safety cars would come out during the race. Yeah, and I I didn't love your wild card prediction, so I was like, I mean – what way to show my disdain by almost copying it and i'm going to go with exactly one safety car during the race knock that out first lap i uh, was fretting the entire rest of the race but uh nonetheless <laughs> i got that point baby you did so both of us walking away with two points uh making a previously tied score tied again so as of today we are tied at 22 points each the Drivers' Championship is 19 points away. The Constructors' Championship is one point away. And you and I are zero points away. So which is the most exciting? That's for the listeners to decide. Uh, but wrapping up, I think that's everything we have for this episode 38 of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. Any last words, Marco, before we start prepping for Brazil? Not at all, no. Um, you know, great weekend. Let's uh, let's wrap up this season strong. Yeah, Especially, you know, one... We get two more races on our back to back to backs. Let's get some high energy, folks. We can do it. We're gonna have yeah. some great racing. I'm tired of people being like, "Oh, that's an that wasn't a fun race. That wasn't a fun race." Fuck it. 
We're going to have some great races. We're going to have four great races to finish off. We're going to have a hell of a competition between one and two. We're going to have a hell of a competition between three and four, and as well as four and five. So let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it, baby. We're out. Appreciate everybody listening. See ya, assholes. See ya, assholes.